Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever seen a baby take their first jump? Now, I know many parents get excited about a baby's first step, but I'm just as fascinated by a baby's first jump. And I had a chance to witness this in my own household recently with my little daughter, Eleanor. But I'll tell you the story. Way back in the fall, her older siblings were so excited to teach her how to jump. They bring her in the living room and they make a big circle around her and they would say, jump, Eleanor, jump, jump. And they'd all be jumping up and down and Eleanor would be smiling and laughing, but she didn't know how to do this jumping thing. So they had to show her and they would squat down, bend their knees. and They would tell Eleanor, bend your knees too. And she would get down and Eleanor would bend her knees and get in launching position. And then they'd count down three, two, one, jump. And they'd all jump in the air, but for Eleanor, there was no liftoff. She did not take off. Uh, and, and they'd laugh, and she'd laugh, and they, they'd try to get her to try again, and they'd say, okay, Eleanor, bend your knees, get ready. And once again, she's in launching position. Three, two, one, jump! They'd all jump, and once again, no liftoff for Eleanor. And she'd laugh again, and she kept trying, but I gotta tell you, after about the fifth or sixth try and still no takeoff, little Eleanor wasn't laughing anymore. (laughs) She was getting a little frustrated. In fact, she'd start saying, no, no, and she just wanted to give up. I think that's how we might feel sometimes when we feel like our spiritual life is not taking off at the pace we'd like or we're not making progress uh, in our moral life or rooting out a certain sin and we could just get frustrated and wonder why why is this not happening? How come I'm not just taking off leaps and bounds here? Uh, I really want to change. I want to follow Jesus. I'm really trying and I'm even praying for his help. How come I'm not changing? What do I do in those moments? That's a crucial moment in the spiritual life. What do we do? That's what we're going to talk about today in this episode. And I'm going to be sharing with you what I shared uh, with a wonderful group here in the Denver area known as the Denver Catholic Biblical School. Hundreds and hundreds of lay people dedicated to studying the scripture. They just had a conference this past weekend, and I was blessed to be with them and share some themes from my new book on discipleship, my book Into His Likeness. And I'm going to share with you all a little bit of what I shared with them this weekend. But you may have had this experience. Think back at that time in your life when you started to make Jesus more of a priority, where your faith wasn't just about going through the motions, but you really wanted to grow in your relationship with God, and you were learning about your Catholic faith, and and, and you wanted to live better. You wanted to live more like Christ. You wanted to root out certain sins and grow in holiness. Well, you tell me what happens when we make that effort, when we're really going to try now to follow Jesus and grow in holiness. What happens? It gets really, really really easy, doesn't it? No. (laughs) No, no, no. Almost for all of us, right, we start to experience how hard the Christian life is. We want to change, but we can't. You know, I I think what happens is, you know, before we made Christ a priority in our lives, we're just kind of coasting in life. We're not really trying to, to grow in virtue and holiness so much, and so we don't realize how hard it really is. It's only when we try to grow in patience that we realize 
how impatient we really are. It's only when we're really making an effort to grow in generosity and thinking about other people that we realize how self-centered we really are. It's only when we're trying to grow in humility that we realize how proud and vain we are, or when we're trying to battle for purity in our lives that we realize how much impurity slaves us, uh, enslaves us. And and so uh, it's only when we are making the effort that we come to know our own weakness. And it's at that point that we realize that the Nike approach to spirituality does not work. Now, what do I mean by that? The Nike approach to spirituality. You know that slogan from Nike, just do it. Uh, Sometimes we Christians think that's all you need to do. You know, you you just set your mind to it and you come up with a game plan. You exert some willpower and then you could just become a saint. Just do it. You know, you know, Lent's coming up. I'm going to develop a plan each week. I'm going to, I'm going to go after one virtue. And so by the end of Lent, I will have all the virtues down. I will be holy. Well, you know what happens when we do that? We make some progress and we need to try our best always, but we run up against our own human weakness, our own limitations, and we realize that the Nike approach doesn't work. I just can't do it. And it's at that moment when I hit the wall in my spiritual life, when I hit this big roadblock, this is the crucial moment. God is watching. What will I do? Now, I want to talk about three different ways we might move forward. Which path will we take? It's a crucial question. Will I take the right path? There's three different ways we can go in this low moment when we hit the wall, when we're facing our weakness, when we're having a little baby Eleanor moment and we feel like we just can't take off and we're getting a little frustrated. What might we do? Well, one thing we might do is we might be tempted to fall into despair. We've got to watch out for this. We might be tempted to fall into despair where we just say, this is too hard. I've been trying for so long. I'm not seeing much improvement. Why bother anymore? Why do I want to even bother trying? And souls sometimes will start to lower the standard in their moral life or their spiritual life. They start giving up their ideals and they'll just settle for mediocrity. And when that happens, this is where the soul that has the opportunity to really start growing in their spiritual life, this is where they start becoming stagnant. They start becoming lukewarm and they might even start to turn away and fall into utter despair where they just give in to their sins and just go, I'm just going to live like I used to, and then start rationalizing their own sinful behavior. What do we do when we face the temptation to despair? We have to realize that's coming from the enemy. It's the devil putting those thoughts in our head, trying to tell us that you're not good enough. You stink at this whole Christian life thing. Why bother even trying? Listen to what St. Bernard of Clairvaux says. I'm going to share with you a a quote from St. Bernard on this point. He says, if a person does not know how good God is, how kind and gentle God is, how willing to pardon, will not his sensually inspired reason argue with him and say, What are you doing? Your sins are too grave and too many. A lifetime's habits are not easily conquered. (laughs) You know, in other words, if I'm not convinced of how merciful and kind God is, how patient God will be with me, that all I have to do is turn back to him uh, and, and tell him I'm sorry, go to confession. If I'm not convinced that that really can help me and that his grace can ultimately change me over time, if I'm not convinced of that, the devil is going to try to put these negative thoughts in our head 
saying, why bother? Just give up. It's not worth the effort. You stink at this. You're never going to change. We have to fight those temptations with the truth and remember the truth that God is love. God is merciful and God can heal me. He can change me. He's a physician after all. And he does his great doctor's work doing surgery on our hearts and in our souls. So we've got to be convinced of that. That's one temptation that we might fall into is to be tempted to give up, to throw in the towel, to fall into despair. But there's a second temptation I think many of us Christians fall into, and that's the temptation to be impatient, to be impatient with all of our weaknesses and our many shortcomings, and we just keep falling into the same sin over and over and over again. We keep bringing it to confession over and over again, and we just get frustrated. And we know, yes, God's merciful, and he can forgive us in confession, but but we wish we didn't need confession so much. We wish we could present ourselves to God as a nice, beautiful gift, you nicely all wrapped up, a little bow on top. Here I am, Jesus. I'm very holy for you. And, and when we look at our lives and we see we do keep dis, we keep stumbling, we, we, we get frustrated and we say, I can't believe I did that again. Why am I not getting any better? I, I keep falling into the same sins. Now, at first glance, we might try to tell ourselves, well, we're being humble here, you know, because we're recognizing our sinfulness. But I wonder, is it really humility that's driving this? Or is it pride? Listen, listen to those words again. When someone says, I can't believe I did that again. Why am I not getting any better? Notice there's a lot of focus on self there. They're not really focused on God and worried about their relationship, their friendship with Jesus. They're more focused on themselves. I keep falling into the sense. I can't believe I'm doing that. In other words, their ideal image of themselves is being shattered. <laughs> that, that they have this image, you know, that, well, I'm a devout Catholic and I'm very orthodox. I'm involved in my parish. I'm in a Bible study. I should be so much better. And yet I really am selfish. I really am proud. I am so vain or I'm so addicted to this, whatever. And I, I, I'm struggling with this sin and I, I, I wish I could be better. And, 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 and they're frustrated with themselves. Uh, but that's really more spiritual pride. A, a true disciple recognizes their own weakness. They know, they know how much they're dependent on God. And so when they encounter their own sinfulness, they just throw themselves into God's mercy and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. This is who I am. I'm a sinner. I'm weak. I need your grace. I need your help. And I'll trust that you'll heal me in your time and in your way. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep trying. But if I continue to stumble, I'll trust that you'll use my stumbles for some good. Maybe you're, you're going to be teaching me greater patience or uh, greater humility to trust in you more. Or maybe uh, you're going to help, as I'm stumbling all these times, maybe you're helping me to grow in greater patience and compassion with other people who fall into sin. Uh, that's the true heart of a disciple, not someone who's beating themselves up, focused on self. They just abandon themselves to the Father's mercy. So we want to avoid the trap of despair. We secondly want to avoid the trap of impatience with self. What is the real way forward? It's the path 
of humility. So let's close here and think about the path of humility. And I want to share with you one of my favorite little exchanges between St. Therese of Lisieux and her sister, Celine. Celine was having one of these low moments where she's frustrated with herself and she's overwhelmed and discouraged. She tells her sister, uh, Therese, that she feels like there's so much work that needs to be done in her soul that she has to climb this great mountain of sanctity. God's on top of the mountain. Holiness is up there. And She's way down here, and it's overwhelming to think of how far the ascent to God is in holiness. And Therese writes back and says, Celine, you're trying to climb the mountain of sanctity, but God wants you to descend. God wants to meet you in the fertile valley of humility. I love that image from St. Therese, because that's what we think oftentimes, right? We think holiness is way up here on top of some mountain, and we've got to work really hard and climb up to get there. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of work and a lot of effort into the spiritual life. But in the end, remember, we can't do it. We cannot do it on our own. And it's only when we come to terms with that and we dare to go down and descend in utter humility, to stand naked before our God, to be vulnerable before him as we really are, not pretending to be something we're not, not hoping to present ourselves in the ideal image we have of ourselves or what we hope to be someday. No, 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 no. God wants to meet the real me as I am right now. He doesn't want to meet me on top of some mountain because I, that's not where I'm living right now. I'm living down here in the Valley of Humility. I, I, I've got some good qualities, sure, but I got a lot of work that needs to happen in my spiritual life. I've got a lot of faults, a lot of weaknesses, a lot of sins, but that's the real me. And that's where God wants to meet me. And, and, and my spiritual life will only take off if I dare to, to, to bend my knees, so to speak, to bend down and meet him in the valley of humility as I am. Because that's where I'm at. It's only there that the Father's arms can then begin to lift me up and raise me higher beyond what I could ever do on my own. You see, God wants you to know that even though you're struggling right now with some sin or some discouragement or some vice, or maybe it's something you've done a long time ago, God wants you to know that he loves you, that you are beloved in his eyes. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, he loves you. And that love is not dependent on your performance. It's not dependent on how many prayers you recite and how many virtues you require and how many holy hours you do. No, no, this love is unconditional. He just loves you, even in your weaknesses and sins. He loves you. Now, he loves you too much to keep you there, and he wants to change you, and he's going to lift you up, but he cannot lift you up if you're not willing to meet him in humility and come to him as you really are. Will you dare to descend to the valley of humility as Therese tells us to? Because if you do, you'll find he will lift you up to the heights of the spiritual life. Well, my friends, if these insights from St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, and, and the scriptures, if, if these have been encouraging for you, take them to prayer and ask Jesus to help transform you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I ask please subscribe to the show and share it with others you think might be blessed by it. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to me. In fact, I'm looking for questions now because I'm going to start doing uh, some Q&A in the podcast. So send me any questions you have 
have, whether it's on this theme or any other topics related to the Catholic faith, you can reach me and send those questions at my website, on my website, edwardsree.com, or you can also send them to me on Facebook or Twitter. May God bless you. Thank you.